We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday, Hour 2 here. Derek Kramer here with you until 2 o'clock as we talk Bills, we talk Sabres, we've talked with you guys a little bit in the last couple segments, but now we go back to the West Her Hotline for the final time today and talk to one of the powerhouses I always like to believe. Um, I love Right, I love reading anything that that Tyler Dunn writes with his website with Go Long, and I'm honored to have him on here on the Western Hotline to talk with us today. Ty, first of all, it's been a while since I've been able to hear from you. Uh, great to hear from you here today, and uh, how you doing? Doing good, Derek. Hey, thanks so much for having me for the kind intro. It's always good to hit pause on the mower and talk some football. So they thank you, man. Hey man, as for the intros, uh, the check's going to be in the mail, right? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. No, man. It's, uh, God, it's like two, two weeks into this thing. And I, I got to keep reminding myself, the league is, it's a marathon, right? That's how they set it up. Now adding a game, half the teams in the conference freaking make the playoffs, right? Everybody gets a pizza party and a ribbon, but, there's a long ways to go here, but it doesn't stop us from wanting to break it down, which is always fun. And you're one of the best at doing it, especially with the fact that I'm going to go not just with the Bills, but around the league with you. There's a certain dumpster fire in the NFC North that I definitely want to ask about a little <laughs> bit. But let's start here. Let's start with the Bills. Uh, obviously, it's been an all-or-nothing team so far with them through two games. They've either been playing like nothing, like in week one, or they just destroyed everything like they did in week two. So we haven't had any sort of like mixed results from this team just yet. The Bills, though, mostly for the, like, really just looking at them, they're still going to be the same team that we know. It's just they got off to one of the most frustrating starts they could. Right. You, you wonder if, if come December, January, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, everybody's going to look back at that game and wonder, how in the hell did we lose to Zach Wilson? And why is that loss sending us to, I don't know, Miami or uh, Baltimore? You know, you, you wonder if that's going to cost them down the line because it's inconceivable, inconceivable to lose to the worst quarterback in the league. But I'm with you. I, it's, I don't think anybody should really panic right now. We're going to learn a lot about the Bills soon with Miami and Jacksonville kind of around the bend. I, I like those teams a lot. Hey, I, I, it comes down to Josh Allen and, and finding that balance, right? All off season, we heard the talking points from everybody in charge. He's got to slide more. He's got to go out of bounds. And frankly, I thought it was kind of ridiculous to try to get inside of this guy's head. I mean, that should pretty, be pretty low on the priority list to change Josh Allen's game at all. I mean, you're at your best as a team when he's creating and improvising and, and, and just kind of, creating his own interpretation of the position. We haven't seen 6'5", 250, leaping, stiff-arming. 
Um, but you don't want him doing what he did against the Jets. I get it. So it's, it's that strange balance that you have to find. You know, I talked a lot about Josh Allen with Brett Favre this week on our show. And, I mean, in, in Josh Allen, he sees himself where you've got this insane gift. You, you feel like you're Hercules out there and you can make those types of plays, but you do have to pump the brakes at times. And it's kind of on coaching to maybe call the right plays that keeps him out of harm's way. But I don't think you want to, like, pull him back too much. It, it seemed like he found himself in that, in that win against the Raiders. Now it's the Raiders. So let's see what happens against the better teams. Uh, and a better t- defense, at least, uh, coming up here on, on Sunday for, uh, for Josh Allen when it comes to the commanders. They have one of the scariest front fours that we've seen since the Jets. Uh, but uh, it's still a good test, though, at least for the Bills' offense to – see what they can do now that they learned a bit of a lesson from week one. They still have to now face a relatively decent Washington team that has a scary front four. Yeah, they've invested a ton. I mean, you're talking top 10 picks, first round picks, and now, you know, 70, 80, $90 million contracts across the board. That, that's where the strength of their team is. So if you can just hold up a little bit, their secondary isn't that great. I mean, there should be opportunities one-on-one. Um, it's just a matter of kind of ho- holding up and Josh Allen maybe getting outside of the pocket, setting his feet, keeping the eyes downfield and making a play, doing, doing the stuff he's done for so long. So I don't know. I, I think that it might kind of play into the Bills' hands here a little bit. These Sometimes these teams that, they, you know, you think you're going you're gonna to get pressure and you're going to wreak havoc, and they could probably do it without blitzing. I, I still think – you know, you'd want to have a really good secondary. Now it's chicken or the egg. They both play off each other. I get it. But I think a team that can mix up its coverages and has a shutdown corner and can do some things on the back end, they maybe have a little bit more success against these quarterbacks than the ones like Washington where, I mean, yeah, maybe you, uh, you've you got those studs up front, but I, I really wouldn't be worried if I was the Bills. I mean, they, they should be able to take advantage on the back end. They should, and uh, I do believe that ultimately this will end in the Bills' favor. I am just hoping that it's not another case of great defensive line covers for a mid-to-struggling secondary, because uh, that could be the case, and that's kind of what Washington has been going for over the last couple of years, and their defense has been at least solid for the most part. But, Ty, uh, of course, the Bills' defense, it still looks like it's on its on on its usual trajectory, but Sam Howell's kind of been raising eyebrows through uh, his first couple starts of this season. Yeah. You know, going into this season, there, there was a lot of, uh, you know, people looking at Washington, like they're nuts. Like how can you just roll out a fifth round pick and Sam Howell is your starting quarterback. I kind of liked it though, in terms of, okay, you're not, Trading for Lamar Jackson, which which maybe would have been the right move. If you're Dan Snyder, I mean, what a better way to stick a middle finger to the rest of the NFL than to just trade for Lamar Jackson, give him that guaranteed contract that these owners don't want to hand out and say, see ya. Um, so I kind of thought that that's what they would do. They didn't. Uh, this is a pretty good plan where, okay, he can throw a pretty deep ball, and he's a tough inside runner. He did it at North Carolina. He, he was a damn good college player, and he's unbelievably cheap. I mean, he's insanely cheap. I don't know what his base salary is. What is it, like seven, 800000 So you can sign a bunch of other players, you know, pay up for those defensive linemen. And, you know, if he has a 15 to 20% chance of being Jalen Hurts, go with it. Go, go with it, right? At one point, Jalen Hurts had a pretty deep ball and was a pretty good runner. 
and with the right coaching, the right team around him, his career just absolutely took off. So even if there's a small chance of that, take it. If he's terrible, then you get a quarterback the next year, and you know maybe, maybe your options are better then. So I, I thought it was a good plan overall, and now we're seeing that he's actually a pretty good player. I mean, th- this is somebody who, when we talked before the draft, um, he said some things that kind of made me raise my eyebrows. It, it didn't seem like it was just cliche, you know, agent talk. It was, yeah, I want to be the greatest ever, and I, it, no deficit is too small for me. Here's why. Here's what goes through my brain when we're down by two, three touchdowns. He is as confident of a quarterback as you'll see at that age, and he has – some pelts on the wall. I mean, he, he had some big-time comebacks in college. I, I think they've got a good thing working. We'll see if he lasts long-term, but it's not necessarily a shock that he's competent uh, because he's, he's done it. And it, it's just crazy to me that he fell into the fifth round. Fell to the fifth round in a draft where, like, the middle players like Desmond Ritter was taken. Like, there's some real question marks of players that ended up going before him, but it is nice to see him thriving in in this current position so far through the first couple of weeks of uh, of this season. He gets a big test though with the Bills uh, tomorrow afternoon. Ty, going around the league, I mean. Obviously, we'll save the we'll save the Bears thing for for a little bit later in our talk here. But are, like, what is one of your like? Who do you got for like biggest surprises through the first couple of weeks of like how good or how bad uh, they have performed so far? Ooh, good question. Um, hmm, I think you know, it's it's not really a. a Prize. It's just cool to see it. Uh, I've been pretty high on Jordan Love for a while, mm-hmm. just with his uh, his his work ethic and he's, what he's been doing behind the scenes, and nobody has seen it. Be- being barely at all, he started one game against the Chiefs when he necessarily wasn't really ready. Um, some some late game action against Philly, but for the most part, I mean, this has kind of run counter to how every team uh, tries to figure out the most important position in, in sports. It's draft a quarterback in the first round he's playing six seven games in and in green bay they didn't care that they ticked off aaron Rodgers. they took him they let him sit they let him develop and so far i mean he's missed some throws but six touchdowns no picks he's without his left tackle left guard starting running back starting receiver and had green bay up by 12 in the fourth quarter on the road against atlanta it's been about as good as you could have hoped for if you're green bay so i guess to take a big picture I do wonder if more teams, if Jordan Love pans out, right, if he keeps this up, more teams just take a quarterback when you don't need one. The position is way too important, way too valuable. I, I think of Ron Wolf through the 90s, the Packers GM. He drafted a quarterback every year when, he, when Brett Favre was winning three straight MVPs. Like, he, you just you got to do it. You got to invest capital into what matters. It's, it's just the, the stakes are too high. And if, hey, if it does hurt feelings, so be it. Um, Aaron has said, yeah, he poured himself some tequila that night. He was so ticked off, and <laughs> obviously he threw a, what, four- or five-month tantrum the next year and wanted the GM fired. So that, that might happen, right? You might have to put up with that. But I think if Jordan Love is good, more teams are just going to draft a quarterback that they believe in who may be really, really raw, like Jordan Love was, unbelievably raw, but there's no pressure for him to play anytime soon. And there, there is a value to that. Ty Dunn of Go Long here with us on the West Her Hotline. Ty, obviously we stay in the North and the Chicago Bears from the coaching to the struggles of Justin Fields to 
whatever that bonanza is going on with their defensive coordinator to Justin Fields um, having to clarify remarks about, you know, his struggles and him saying that it was about coaching. Could you, could we see any bit brighter the dumpster fire that has been going on there? Yeah, man, it's bad. Um, I, I had the same reaction as everybody, I guess, when uh, – it's actually a good buddy of mine, Dan Weeder, who covers the, the Bears for the Chicago Tribune. I think it was his tweet that kind of went viral when he initially put out there that, yes, Justin Fields was asked, well, like, the, the, the reason he's robotic and said coaching, and I, I get it. Like, it's, it's not politically correct. Basically, every quarterback in that position that's struggling – is just going to put the blame on himself and move along. I, I just think Justin Fields was being honest. And th- this was the Justin Fields that entered the NFL. And, um, Bob, Bob McGinn at our site, he's got his draft series every year. He's been a 40 years. He's so connected with all these scouts. All these scouts said this when he came out that, yes, unbelievably athletic. We, we saw the toughness. Do you remember that shot he took against Clemson and <laughs> throws, what, six touchdowns that game? Just in, in, insane toughness. But his processing was a concern. Can he keep his eyes downfield, go from one to two to three, take that shot to the jaw and deliver the ball? He didn't do that consistently. So it's just not in him. Now, what is in him is what you saw for a three, four-week span last year when he was must-see TV. He was unbelievable, where he just pulls the ball and he's taken off. It's fun. It's a reason he was, number at one point, the number two betting favorite to win MVP this offseason. So... There's a lot of fun to his game, and he, he wants to get back to that where the Bears are thinking, no, if you're going to be our guy long-term, like we, you've got to have a foundation where you're able to you know, beat teams, death by a million paper cuts underneath uh, because that athleticism, it'll only take you so far. Um, and here he is saying he wants to say F it this week, his words, and take off. So it's, it, it is a dumpster fire in every sense, and I, I think Justin Fields is probably going to win. I mean, he's the one with the ball in his hands. You're probably going to see him run the ball 10, 15 times this week and do whatever he wants, and it might even be really, really good against Kansas City, but it's not going to last, and that's what's unfortunate. And that's why I think to kind of bring it back to Green Bay and Jordan Love and letting him sit for three years, there was a throw. It was the last throw of that game against Atlanta. The fourth down, it was incomplete. But, man, he, he stood there, took a shot, put the ball where it had to be, kept his eyes downfield. Um yeah, I, I don't know how you get to that point, but may, maybe it was kind of sitting and waiting and learning that got him there as opposed to getting thrown in like Justin Fields. And, and maybe we do see more of that. Maybe we do. And uh, it makes me think now, though, of like some of the bigger names, though, when it comes to uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. Pat Mahomes sat for an entire year. Jalen Hurts sat. Josh Allen was supposed to sit. And then he didn't really start improving his decision-making until he was forced out of the uh, lineup with an injury. So maybe we do see, like you said, a bit of a trend of going back to uh, quarterbacks not having to be thrown in the fire unless they prove capable. But we've seen this draft class, for example, throw every single one of their first-round rookies out there to the Wolves, and only Anthony Richardson has really been the one to raise eyebrows for me. I know it because it's, it's a it can be a – difficult uh, argument to make that you should say because there is value to just getting thrown out there learning on the job like anything in life you learn by doing you learn through an internship I think more than just sitting in a classroom talking about theories and reading from a textbook like you got to just get your hands dirty and learn on the job um, and, and there is a there is a value to that I, 
I don't know. I guess there's there's it's it, there's probably no right way, no wrong way. You need the right coaches around you and the right infrastructure. And that's probably what's wrong, number one, in Chicago, is it's an organizational failure. I mean, th- this has been the story of the team dating back years, decades. They, they, no team has managed to screw up the quarterback position quite like the Chicago Bears. It's, it's really amazing. So maybe Justin Fields is, is just the latest victim here, and they'll move along and, and screw up somebody else's career after this. Ty Dunn with the – Website golongtd.com. He's got the Golong podcast. You can get that wherever you hear your podcasts. And you'll be able to rewind and hear this segment back with us on the Odyssey app. Ty, thank you very much for joining us this weekend. And uh, hope to uh, continue engaging with you more as the marathon of the NFL season continues on. Yes, sir, man. Any day, any time. Thanks so much for having me, Derek. Thanks, Ty. I appreciate it. That's Ty Dunn, golongtd.com the go long podcast you know him you know what he's about and you can follow him on twitter at ty dunn i gotta say i've never seen this screening before so i'm very interested i know i've said a lot of things and last week i kind of got a little yelly and screamy and i even uh stood up on a chair but i need to know what bill in knoxville means when i when he says that he has a bone to pick with me so bill Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. How you doing? I'm all right, my friend, but, man, you had me wigging out last week. Um, I, I know about all about Sugar High Josh. Um, I don't know if we should call it Sugar High Derek or just – Maybe. Uh, we got to come up with a name for it, but, dude, unacceptable. Uh, what are you doing to me? I'm already nervous enough. I've lived through many a years of drought. I'm not sure how much of the mafia is with me. But, man, you got me last week. I wasn't nervous at all. And you're even saying yourself, I'm not supposed to feel this way week two. I'm not supposed to feel this way week two. Well, guess what? You brought a bunch of the mafia with you. (laughs) Dude, don't do that to me. Uh, Bill, I, I appreciate it, and uh, I, I like the uh, the fun feedback there. It, it, it's definitely fun uh, to be able to laugh at it and poke fun at me for it. And I do apologize if I if I put your nerves in in a different spot. Um, maybe we do need a nickname for me. I do get like this. I, I I'm absolutely. Maybe that's why I get so nervous about Sugar High Josh because it's relatable. Because I do end up like this person. Like last week, I'm causing people to get nervous. I'm getting nervous about a week two football game. I was definitely terrified. Um, I started saying in the newsroom after the first two drives in the Bills-Raiders game, I'm just, I'm going to become insufferable. Um, but Ty Dunn reminding me, it's a marathon. So you guys are both right. Uh, it's a marathon. I probably shouldn't do that to anyone. Um I don't know if I'm going to say the words truly I'm sorry, sorry, but everything that you hear from me is just what's going on through my mind puking out of my mouth. So it's going to be wrong half the time, maybe more. Um, Do take it with a grain of salt, but it's also never made up. Anything that I say is definitely going to be from the heart, uh, should I say it? Should I not say it? I don't care. Um, not that I don't care. I should say um, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about if it makes me look bad. I'm not going to worry about if uh, if someone decides to to poke fun at me for it um, because I like having fun like that. Um, but it's all real. 
it's never going to be fishing for hot takes. It's never going to be um, anything facetious. So if I'm feeling that way, make fun of me for it because that's what this is all about. It's about having fun. And I hope that everyone that listens and joins in uh, has fun with me along the way. We'll continue to have some of that fun, though, as as I almost grounded him for, for last week. But it was also kind of my fault when uh, when we had Zach Jones on to uh, to complain about college football, but then we brought the A's, in, I mean the Angels, into it, and that's our fault because that gets him angry, that gets him going, and we stopped paying attention. We're gonna have Zach on for his weekly rants, and we've got time again for you eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty that you could talk in here with uh, with Sugar High Derek and uh, and the rest of the gang here. As Sports Talk Saturday rolls on for another hour and change on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.